Midrash works like this. I got handles. How do you have authority to write it? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea is that the rabbis had authority to make the Midrash. And that's why some of these Midrash that are, that are spoken of are, are over 2,000 years old. We're talking Old Testament times. These folks were thinking, how does that make sense? And a Midrash is two handles. The actual weighty matter, the, the actual thing I'm trying to understand is like a cardboard box that weighs 100 pounds and it's slick as a whistle on all four sides. I can't pick it up and it's too heavy to pick. What do I do? I just, I just keep slipping off. So I grab my Midrash and that's, and now I go, and I can carry it. Now, I, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier, right? That's, that's Midrash. That's a parable. That's what Jesus did with his parables. Guys, something happened on that day in Exodus 19 and 20. Something happened that day that was so graphic. It was so powerful. It was so awesome. And I don't mean awesome, dude. I mean full of awe and forceful that we cannot begin to imagine how terrifying and unrivaled and unparalleled that event must have been. We're going to break it down in here in class in the next 15, 20 minutes and study just what happened that day and why it is so deeply important to us that we know the Jewish madrash of what happened at Sinai. It's essential to your growth and development. The Jewish madrash. You say, oh, you've got to be crazy, Mr. Dean. I don't believe that. Okay, just wait. Open your Bibles to Exodus 20 and verse 18. What does it say? Exodus 20 and verse 18. What does it say? Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, that's not what it says, but I appreciate you reading it that way. Because <laughs> that's what your Bible says. Exodus 20 and 18. Here's what mine says. Now, when all the people saw the thunder... And the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet. Anything about that not make sense to anybody? How do you see the sound of a trumpet? You don't. How do you see thunder? You don't. So the rabbi said, okay, wait a minute. This is weird. Now, if you have a smoothed out English version, praise God, that's awesome. But here's what they did. They said, oh, you don't need to know. We're going to make the sense, we're going to make the text make sense. And our, our English interpreters, bless God for them, New International Version, English Standard Version, King James Version, they said, hmm, we need to help God out here. <laughs> Got to help God make sense, so what do we need to do? I know, when all the people saw the lightnings, and we'll put the thunder after it, so it's like they saw the lightning and the thunder and heard the sound of the, and they'll put words like heard the sound of, it's not what the text says. God said, I didn't ask you to make me make sense. Did I? I forget. Did I ask you that? No. Figure it out. And you're like, oh, geez, how do you see a thunder? And God says, good, now you're on the right path. The text does not say thunder. Instead, it uses a word. Gosh, I don't have anything room on here. It uses this word kol. We use this in eighth grade boys Bible, but that what came out of heaven at Jesus' baptism, they heard this thing called a bat kol. It's a daughter voice. Kol means voice. And the way you say voice is, it's kolot. 
OT is another way of saying, uh, it's a pluralizing a word, so voices. So what the people, does that help now? Does that make the, the text make more sense? And all the people saw the voices. You're like, great, that doesn't help me any. Before it was all the people saw the thunder. And then you realize thunder is just the word voices. Thanks, that clears it right up. No, it doesn't. I'm still in the same position. I don't understand this. How can you see voices? The rabbis asked the same question. We'll get back to that. Through Moses, God said to the people of Israel, if you will hear my kol, my voice, and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession, my segula, among all the peoples. That's a Hebrew idiomatic expression. What's an idiomatic expression? It sounds like I'm saying idiot, but I'm not. Idiomatic expression. Give me one in English. There's a million of them. Kick the bucket bucket means he died. Give me another one. Pushing up Davies. He died. We're on a morbid theme over here. Any other? Huh? Let the cat out of the bag. He spilled the beans. Right? So he divulged information he shouldn't have. Uh, She's driving me crazy. She's driving me up the wall. Um, uh, Take a long walk off a short pier. That's a way of saying, I don't like you, and (laughs) I wish you'd go away. Go fly a kite. Uh, Okay. Maybe that's a Thomas uh, Edison. Wait, who was it that discovered electricity? Benjamin Franklin, maybe that's a Benjamin Franklin reference. Hey, go fly a kite. Like maybe it'll get struck by lightning and you'll die. I don't know. Go jump in the lake. Yes. Okay. Three. Oh, sorry. Um, God wanted Israel's obedience. To obey God's voice is a Hebrew idiomatic expression. When God says to hear my voice, I said obey, When you hear God's voice, that's the idiomatic expression for obey me. When God says, if my people will hear my voice, it doesn't mean if their eardrums will vibrate. Duh. Everybody's going to hear your voice. In Hebrew, to hear your voice means to obey. You'll hear a kid in Israel when his mom and dad say, did you hear my voice? He doesn't mean... Did you, did, were you able to, to hear what I just said? It's, did you obey me? No, Father, I did not hear your voice. I'm so sorry, but I will hear it, I promise. <laughs> They're not talking about with your ears, okay? So three days later, the voices come. Early in the morning, the cloud descends onto the mountain. There was thunder and lightning and the sound of the trumpet. Now that word trumpet helps us out. The word in Hebrew, shofar. That thing right over there. Translating literally from Exodus 19.16, we read, And there were voices and lightnings and a heavy cloud upon the mountain and an exceedingly strong voice of a trumpet, a shofar. And all the people in the camp trembled. All the people heard the actual voice of the Lord as he spoke the Ten Commandments. An entire nation literally heard the voice of God speaking. That we know. Now, did they die each time? I don't know. But it's weird that they said, stop or we'll keep dying. (laughs) It's like, why would you say that unless you weren't already dying, right? Now back to Exodus 20 and 18. And all the people saw the voices. These are the voices of God. Wait, voices. Although our translation smooth out the Hebrew to read, heard the thunder, the sages of the Midrash read it literally. And they derived a legend about the voices of God at Mount Sinai. Now, in the Midrash, 
Rabbi Yochanan, he wondered why the Torah would say that God revealed himself in voices. The Torah says, and all the people saw the voices. Note that it does not say, and all the people saw the voice, but voices. That's when Rabbi Yochanan said that God's voice, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices. No, not so it wouldn't kill them, but let me tell you why. God's voice split up into 70 voices because that's another Hebrew idiomatic expression because 70 meant all the world. It's the way you said every. It's the way you said all. So if I wanted to say, I just stepped on every chicken in the world, I'd say, I just stepped on 70 chickens. And another Hebrew would say, oh my gosh, all of them? Okay. Or guess what? I just studied and I got all A's. I'd say, I just got 70 A's. You did? That's fantastic. They don't really mean 70, 69, 70. 70 means everything. Why? Where does it come from? Oh, that's even better. Don't, don't jump ahead. That's really good. Hang on to that. The question is, what, what happens when Jesus says 70 times 7? And that's why I think it's better than 77. Okay? So, yeah, right? Our heads are exploding. It means every, all. So, it came from Noah, and his descendants were 70 descendants of Noah. Who did the 70 descendants of Noah end up being? The whole world. And every language. To this day, we are the descendants of Noah and, and the languages. So, that's where they get it. Now, guys, listen to this. God's voice, because it says voice is, must have split up into 70 voices, all the languages, so that the nations could understand what? That the Lord gives the word of God to everyone. God's covenant, his invitation is for the whole world, not just for the Jews. Okay, this is really cool. Rabbi Yochanan says, well, wait, what, what's, or sorry, Rabbi Ishmael taught, I know how you can see a voice. It makes sense. And this is how the Jews do this. They're brilliant. They use scripture to interpret scripture. This rabbi said, remember Jeremiah 23, 29? And the sages went, oh, oh, the one that says, God says, is my word not a fire like a hammer that breaks the rocks to pieces? That's Jeremiah 23, 29. Two people in the world have this particular sculpture. It's Ray Vanderlyn and me because my wife had one made for me and I had one made for Ray. It was really cool. So two people in the world have this. Guys, how can you see a voice? God said, is, not, is my word not a fire? like a hammer that breaks the rocks to pieces. If you took a hammer and you smashed it on stone, what would come out? What would come out from under the hammer? Have you, anybody ever seen rocks getting bro broke? Mm -mm. Well, yes, it would smash those into little rocks, but what comes out from the hammer's blow? Not smoke. Sparks, yes. Metal on stone produces smarks. <laughs> sparks, there'd be tons of sparks. You'd see sparking. And the rabbi said, that must be it. When God's voice came out, it must have taken the shape of these sparks flying all over. 
Hang on to that. I got to get through this and then you're, you're going to be blown away. Okay. Um, I just told the Holy Spirit to hang on a second. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Um, in the rabbinic world of thought and literature, all of humanity is divided into 70 nations. The number 70 is the number of Noah's sons. Rabbi Yochanan is telling us that God's voice split up into 70 voices to show us that the Torah was meant for all people. The marriage is for anyone. And all the people saw the voices and the lightnings. That's it. It doesn't say lightnings, though. Our, 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 our Bible say lightnings. Darn it, it doesn't say lightnings. You know what it says? Torches. Sparks. So our translation smoothed it out that the people saw the thunder and lightning. However, the sages didn't think it was our job to make God make sense. So, bless God, so all the people saw the voices and the torches. What does that mean? Well, in Deuteronomy, Moses retold the story of God's voices at Mount Sinai. Ten different times in Deuteronomy. Moses says, do you remember when God spoke to you out of the fire and out of the cloud? And they were like, yes, yeah, that was not good. Not good times. So, according to the interpretation, here's the Midrash that no Christian, hardly any Christians know. Ready? The voices of God at Mount Sinai split up into 70 voices, speaking 70 different languages, but the voices were like hot sparks flying forth from a hammer's blow. Remember when we asked back at the beginning, how can you see a voice? Well, you can if it looks like a spark from a fire. You can see that voice, right? So we don't need to make the Torah make sense if we'll just let God interpret himself. So as God spoke, his words took shape as torches of fire. Imagine being camped at the foot of Sinai. This dark, heavy cloud descends on the mountain. Moses goes up and then you don't see him again. And from the thick, dense, black fog the nation of Israel hears the single piercing voice of Moses say, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings heaven down to earth and earth up to heaven. And then it begins this quake. And it quakes the entire nation and the mountain shakes and the fire starts and God says, Now! And all these sparks and flames and torches start flying down the mountain, crisscrossing and coming to every single Israelite individually and killing them. And then God says, oh, he's going to raise them from the dead. Shout! All the torches come to each, split up into 70, and they're hearing. Because remember, it's not just Jews that came out of Egypt. It was a mixed multitude. There were Greeks, there were Egyptians, there were Philistines, there were all kinds of people that were in Egypt when those plagues took place. So, the voices of God sound like claps of thunder, as God answers, if that doesn't scare the living daylights out of you, I don't know what would. Say Shavuot. <laughs> Say Shavuot. Say it, Shavuot. Say it, Shavuot. It means weeks. Ot again for plural, weeks. There's a feast in the Bible called the Feast of Weeks. In Greek, it has another name. Pentecost. Pentecost. Can you hear pen can you hear pent? Pentagon, pentagram, Pentecost. Okay? So, do you guys know what Pentecost is? I'm almost done. Pentecost is the celebration, the anniversary of the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. It's when the Jews celebrate this anniversary of when Moses went up and all the voices came and the people saw the torches, they saw the voices, and God gave his people 
the holy law, the Torah, okay? And they celebrate it every year. We love the Torah. We love the Torah. And they call it the Feast of Weeks. Guys, this celebration, this anniversary is the day when God's voice spoke in all languages of the world and they were visible as torches of fire or hot sparks that came to every Jew individually. Now this is a midrash, is it not? Yes, it's a parable. It's a way that the Jewish people could more easily understand what was going on at Sinai. You can't see voices, so how is it that they saw God's voices? So the midrash is born and used to explain an otherwise bizarre passage. Turn to Acts chapter two. As quickly as you can, Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. Let me read Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost, this is the celebration, the anniversary of the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, scary day. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came the sound of a rushing wind. Could it have been this rushing wind? Because the word for wind in Hebrew is ruach. It means breath. The sound of a rushing breath was a shofar what they heard in Acts 2? I don't know. You decide. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and tongues of fire split up and appeared to each one of them and rested on them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in every language of the world as the Spirit gave them utterance. What? It's exactly like Sinai, Acts chapter 2. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, they came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were speaking Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretans, Arabians. They heard the oracles of God in every single language. And there were tongues of fire that split up and rested on. Now, when I told you, be careful that you say, oh, that's just a midrash. It's not in the Bible. Apparently, apparently God respects a good midrash so much. God could have made Acts chapter two look any way he wanted. He could have had him do anything other than speak languages. He could have had anything other than tongues of fire. He could have had anything other than a mighty rushing sound from heaven but he didn't. He chose to imitate a madrash to say they might have something there. Good job. Guys, you know what's really crazy? Quickly, 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 turn to Exodus 32. I, I, somebody showed me this and I was like, okay, that is, oh my goodness. If you think I'm drawing some kind of weird connection between Sinai and Pentecost, I'm not. Somebody read Exodus 32, 25 through 28. 32? Exodus 32, 25 through 28. Moses saw the people running wild, and Aaron had let them get out of control. And so it became a laughing stock to their enemies. So 
he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites railed, or rallied to him. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap a sword on his side. Go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, killing each his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did, did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 other people died. Then Moses said, You have... Okay, that was through 28. Thank you. Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Keep your finger in Exodus 32. Acts chapter 2. Let's see if verse 42 yields up its treasure. Let's see if you guys caught it. No, sorry. Acts chapter 2, 41. Remember, Peter stands up and starts, Hey guys, and he starts preaching the sermon. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. What do we do? We just killed the Messiah. And Jesus says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you for the uh, forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord calls. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Why say about 3,000? Because Exodus 30. Two, verse 28 says, and that day about 3,000 people died in their wickedness. So tell me that, that Pentecost isn't the reversal of the curse from Sinai. You like to run wild? You like to serve other gods? You like to make golden calves? How about about 3,000 of you learn the lesson? Did they learn the lesson at Pentecost with Peter saying, God hasn't changed Tongue, fire, split up, voice, sound, language. And 3,000 people came to life that day. Isn't that cool? 3,000 people got their lives back that day. So are they, are they, uh, are they connected? Is the Pope Catholic? Yes, they are connected. I love it. They are absolutely connected. So that is, uh, here's the last question. Here's the PS. You know what it meant for the Jews at Sinai. God gave us his eternal holy law. That's what God did for us thousands and thousands of years. What must it have meant then at Pentecost? What does Acts 2 actually mean? It's the celebration of the giving of the Torah. God already gave the Torah. So what does Pentecost mean? Pique your interest? Go figure it out. <laughs> Go figure it out. What does Pentecost mean? Now that you know the Jewish Midrash and what it's all about.